going on? Welcome to the New American Game. Happy Monday and welcome to a new week. And it's another day that we get closer to a World Cup that will not feature the United States. I think on every show that we've done so far in 2018, we've acknowledged the fact that the United States are not going to the World Cup. And the finger pointing is still going on with actually no action. So, But at least the United States were able to pull one win out of the friendlies that happened over the last couple of weeks. Roger McNeil and Justin Churchill on the show today. Gentlemen, how are we? All right. Uh, you know, trying to uh, get into this World Cup coming up. but uh, is yeah, it, the, Let me I ask you this. Are, are you at least excited for the international competition, for the pageantry that is the World Cup? I am. Yeah, I am. You have to be. I, You know, there's stories to root for. You know, if you love the game. And you know you you lo- you lo- this is this isn't a you know just such a massive event. I know how you how you if you love you know if you're a fan of the sport. I don't know how you can't find a find something to root for here. I mean, just there's so many great stories. Whether you look at you know Iceland, Egypt, Peru, uh, the personalities. You yeah, know, that guy from Peru is now able to play in the World Cup thanks to that Swiss court. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's the right decision. Yeah, I mean, who know who know? There's really with the way that uh, the doping setup currently is who really knows what happened there anyways so i mean that's good for peru i i personally want to see poland do well um i think england will be an interesting story see what happens there if they do if they do good see how the media over there overhypes it or if they do bad see the negative reaction from egypt will be fun to watch be funny yeah you know and and the big stars of course you know that's uh you know, always you know going to be compelling. You, you By know, the, the last Ronaldo Messi ever, right? Sure. I mean, sure. possibly. You, mean, you could, you, yeah, you could get a you know a, a head-to-head matchup. You know, I think uh, maybe they'd line up in the quarterfinals if that worked out. Maybe, mm-hmm. but so you know, who knows? Well, Plus, I mean, if you perfect. look at the way that uh, the and then we weren't on for it last week, but the way the Champions League final played out and the drama behind such a momentous game. I mean, obviously, you know, Madrid winning again and Zidane leaving on top. You know, winning three Champions Leagues in a row, which is absolutely remarkable. And maybe we'll talk about that at some point here. in the show today. Peace out. Maybe never know. I mean, <laughs> come, geez, it would be great. To United States. States. It's not a crazy idea. It's not a crazy heard idea. Here first. But I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna have a quite remarkable World Cup. Plus, it's in Russia. You know, come on, the uh, wild card uh, that has been Russia. I, I'm not oh, really well, looking well, forward to that part of Russia. I'm sorry. I will say. Well, that I part guess, of it will be a story. Absolutely, it'll be a story. Yeah, but I will say, like, like when we came up to the South Africa, I was intrigued. Brazil, the, the obvious, you know, historical, you know background to playing in south america plus brazil such an amazing soccer country and we've already had a world cup there that where it was it was you know a massive success in the past and i mean russia this is at the height of compelling yes not for the wrong reasons during the during the event i just don't think soccer when i see russia i don't know it's just me it's not gonna really ruin the event for me and i'll I'm sure I'm going to get into it. And here's uh, the thing, by the way, just while we're on the topic, this is the same ha- way we're going to feel four years from now when we're in Qatar. We're not going to oh, care. That's probably be way worse oh. than this. <laughs> no, yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking about it yesterday. I have oh. no, I have no rhyme or reason to actually go to Qatar. I would never want to go and see the World Cup there, and we probably have a great team there. I just wouldn't want to go see the World Cup there. It just doesn't seem natural to me. Right, but but at the end of the day, you're not going to care that. You're going to watch the World Cup still, even though I'm gonna it's watch it. But, yeah. I, but if I had the opportunity to go, I wouldn't. I would just wait until, even if 2026 well, is in Morocco, I, don't blame forbid, you. I still wouldn't go until Morocco. 
Just yeah, my, I gotta my say two this. Cents. My two cents. I don't, I don't agree with what happened. I don't agree with this. The civil rights issues there. Uh, they're they're using slave labor in in yep. twenty you know in in twenty eighteen to make a stadium. You know that's just it's just absurd. And then FIFA just doesn't do anything about it, and they won't do anything about it. With the amount of things that came out over the last couple of years, and they just no nah, no nah, we're not going to address that. No, nope, still going there. There's still time to move that World it's- Cup, but. You, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still not 100 percent convinced that it won't be moved. But let's let's even if it doesn't, you know the the off field issues aside, which you can't put aside because they're so troublesome. Yeah. But let's just say you know once we get to that you know the fall slash winter of 2022, which is when this will be played, uh, you're still you know well, that's it's, the it's other gonna be, it's going to be weird. I mean, you're talking about you know a November December World Cup that's going yeah. to interrupt you know every. Season, you know, all, all the all the seasons of the major leagues around the world. It's, but it's doesn't that really doesn't strange. this benefit America the Americans more because you're going to have guys that does. you're going to have guys that are going to be representing MLS that are going to be playing on this World Cup team that are going to be well into their. It's almost like the way because oh. the the way the, the European season breaks out. Like for example, you know when we get to a traditional World Cup cycle when the World Cup comes up, we've only had a couple of months of play opposed to the European leagues and the Western European leagues that have played all year. And, you know, this is this is just an extension of that. You know, I think, you know, now, you know, you look at, I mean, it'll screw up MLS playoffs, but at that point, who right. cares? Well, that's, that's the thing is that, you're, I mean, uh, sure, on a pure, if you're looking at it just from, purely from will a player be informed, yeah, yeah, a guy's playing in MLS probably would be informed, assuming. Well, they would be in better shape going into the World Cup. You know, World Cup training camps start several weeks before. So if you're, you know, you're going to have guys that would have to be gone by the end of October at the latest to go join their teams. And I, I don't know what MLS does. I mean, you know, to try to get around that it's, uh, it, it's going to be a, a huge problem for every league. I think a fall so, winter world cup it, benefits <laughs> Mexico and the United States greatly. Maybe I, 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 mean, I could see an argument, but I don't, I don't know if it's that, that as important as the other things on that. I mean, we're, we, who knows who's going to be playing where? We could have a bunch of European players still over there. That seems yeah, to be the trend right now. Right. Yeah, but then you look at you know travel and climate wise. You know, does it benefit anyone? No, I, I, <laughs> that's, that's I, tough. I don't. I don't really like. It. I have personal issues with uh, sports in in Qatar from my history. Um, I, I'm not a big fan, and that and that's a personal story, and maybe I'll tell it someday. But it, it's not. I, I don't agree with with having. I know they're going to have air conditioning state air conditioned stadiums and what have you there and all the amenities and all the lavishness but I have a lot of personal issues with having this uh this tournament there. I mean if they I understand that wanting to have it in the Middle East and that's fine. I have no problems with that. Um you know maybe I, I don't know. Well, the 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 well, climate doesn't work, I guess. And I get that. I get that you want to spread the game there. I just I I don't think it moving it to December is going to help and that's good and all but well, There's, it, other There's other well, we're issues. Four, we're four years plus out from that. And Tom, as you were you know, alluding to getting into the opening, uh, you know, we've had a couple of games the last week where maybe we're getting a look at the players who a, a group of the players who might be playing the next time the U.S. plays in the World Cup. Um, yeah, because they're not playing in yeah. this one. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's I, I, Justin. I mean, I can I just say, can I ask your, a question to you guys well, first? Can I, can I ask a question to you guys what first? What did you say, Roger? Please do. No, good, good. Is it bad on me as a U.S. soccer fan that I didn't care 
about any of these friendlies, and no. I didn't put any emotion no, or no. time and effort no, into not, it. I, I don't. I don't hold anyone fault for. It. I mean, it's for right now. I mean, it's you're supposed to be disappointed. I mean, it's like for me and Roger and a couple others. I mean, we're we're the soccer nerds, if you will. You know, we're excited about these young kids playing, but they're not going to really pan out for a little while. It's not going to be a full thing. It's part of the the process to steal something from the the 76ers, if you will. But it. I'm not mad at people that didn't watch the game or, or don't care because it, it probably makes them a little bitter that they're not in the World Cup. I mean, if you go on Twitter yesterday, see how many people from other countries trolling American fans that were tweeting about the game. I mean, it's just yeah. it's going to happen. It sucks, but uh, I, I don't get mad at anybody for that. No, I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable and natural response, really. I mean, I, I'd, um, you know, I'm probably more interested in these games than I should be. But I think what we did see uh, it, it, between the two games, you know, the, the the win last week against Bolivia and then yesterday uh, lo- losing late in Ireland, I, I think it's kind of a, you know, a, a good pair of games to, to see, okay, well, yes, we're excited about seeing these young players, but you know that first game against Bolivia, not the strongest of opponents, let's be honest, not even a Bolivia A team. Um, so, you know, it, it, which at full strength isn't, isn't, you know, isn't that strong an opponent. So, uh, it, you know, it's great to see that, you know, the guys who look good in that game, but then we saw, you know, just this past weekend, you know, on the road against uh, a little bit more credible opponent, uh, you know, that these, you know, that these kids will need to, you know, need time to grow, need time to to, to gel, play together. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, like you said, Justin, it's going to be a process. And, you know, as far as enthusiasm, you, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you know going, going out to see the game yesterday. Um, I was actually surprised, you know, we talked about our interests, maybe we're more interested than most people. I thought there would be a bigger crowd out out yesterday. We went out to uh, you know the Banshee down in in, in Dorchester, and uh, I thought there'd be a, a bigger AO presence. You know, maybe there's uh, maybe Tom, maybe Tom, your view of excitement for these games is more common. Well, look, but well, look at it like this: you know, it, where, where is the promotion for the game? Where was ESPN? Yeah. Where was Fox? Where was any of yeah. like you know where are all these networks that show up around World Cup time and every other cycle when the U.S. has qualified to talk about U.S. soccer? It's like you know, love us when we're on top, but you know, you're not going to acknowledge us when we suck. You know, I think that's that's. I think this is a sign of where the pulse of soccer is in this country, unfortunately. To be fair, there, there was a Reds game that afternoon. A lot okay. of the AO Boston guys were there. Okay, I was with, we were with Fran, who used to True. run Midnight Riders. He said a lot True of them enough. were there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you still wouldn't have probably been that big of a crowd there. I mean, I, I made the point that, you know, when we're sitting in Banshee four years ago, uh, the same type of day for a right. a, a warm up friendly, it was completely packed, you know. And this is before right. the World Cup. And then I, you know, I had gone there for a couple of the games that the U.S. played in last uh, last World Cup at Banshee. And the only way reason I the only way I got in is because I'm you know friends with people in leadership of AL Boston. Like people were lined around the corners. Right. Like yeah. you couldn't get in there. So yeah. it, it, it's and, uh, right that I hurts look- that bar. That sucks. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm just looking at it from, you know, the circumstances, I mean, of the game. You're talking about, you know, a, a game in, you know, late afternoon on a Saturday. There's really nothing else going on in sports at that time. Or certainly, uh, you know, nothing to compete with. You mentioned, of course, you know, locally, the Revs game. That's fair enough. There was no NBA um, finals but, last night either. But you would have, ex- I would have expected a, a little bit more. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't even, wasn't even full. <laughs> Nobody cares no, about you know, hockey. You could have walked in and got it. half paper. Irish fans, half and half uh, U.S. fans. And yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even sure they weren't outnumbered. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my, my, at least little, you know, uh, 
we were watching the game just to go into a little story time. Me and Roger experienced. Uh, yeah, I did defend Concacaf's honor. Um, I will say, uh, why would you? Out on the... Sorry, what was that, Tom? Why would you? So, because it, it, there is a well, valid reason, and and paint, paint Roger, the, the context you're, here. You're an observer, Roger. You can kind of set up the yep, yep, set it up. Well, okay. Well, this was, you know, a, a conversation got going about, you know, of course, as we're watching, uh, inevitably about the U.S. missing the World Cup, and you know, it and the this was the viewpoint of this, uh, you know, fan of Ireland. I, you know, and presume, presume from Ireland, uh, but you know, just uh, you know, dumping on you know how ridiculous it is for the U.S. not to qualify given the co- level of competition. Now, uh, you know, they're talking about how, you know, how absurd it is, you know, that, you know, that a team like Panama is qualified and we didn't. And then, you know, saying how difficult it is to qualify in Europe and so forth. And uh, it, it kind of, Justin, I guess, from there was, was where uh, the, the debate shot off. All four foot 11 of this guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> drunken guy. Nice, nice enough. But he just, like, people in Europe just don't get how difficult it is to qualify over here. And, and. The un- I will preface this by saying, first, I said to him, yes, it is unexcusable. We did not qualify. The reasons for not qualifying, though, because he he didn't go in. He did go into saying, oh, well, you should be killing all these teams. I go, yeah, at home. Yeah, at home, we should be killing all these teams. He's like, oh, I could t- basically to I'm, 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 I'm these aren't the exact words he said, but he basically was was insinuating that Ireland could come over. And and beat Panama at home, like like in Panama. That that's absolutely the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Like that playing on the road in Concacaf is like no other region. You're you're playing in in the murder capital capital of the world when you go to Honduras. You're playing in places where the fans will have nothing better to do than stay up all night lighting fireworks outside your hotel. The 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 FAs of these or these. That stuff seems uh, civil, though, well, right? Not well, in Europe, though. It's different. <laughs> it's it may, maybe in some parts of That's, Europe, but right. And it, I would say, you know, it's in in European qualification, right? Full of weeds. You know, there's no mean? there's no comparison. Like it's you know it's oh, sure at any anywhere it's you're going to face you know a, a hostile crowd in the stadium, but there's no comparison in European qualification to what you face having to play on the road in, in the Central America and the Caribbean. It's first of all, you know, the length of travel. I mean, okay, sure, you could get uh, have to play away in Moscow or something like that, but it's 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 you know it's it's not it's not the same as having as having to, you know, because usually you're you're taking you know it's a charter, you've got to have to take multiple flights. So beyond that, plus you know the differences in climate, difference in elevation, you know, I think a, a great example, and obviously outside of Concacaf, but it's, say you know a team like Bolivia, you've got you know, as despite how good the top teams in South America are. Bolivia playing their home games at 14,000 feet, everyone struggles there. And that's that's the kind of thing you're talking about, the kind of home advantage. And then, we, you know, you look at, of course, around, around you know, a lot of CONCACAF opponents you face. And, you know, you're, fa- you're playing in facilities that, you know, are, I don't know, this, this, that don't so match up to what. So, yeah. pretty you're playing on carpet. You're playing on carpet. Right, and, that's what I mean, and right. And your locker room is right below the stands, and when they're jumping up and down, you can see them okay, but in the top of the roof jumping up and down on top of your locker room. Let me say this. It's one big excuse. At the end of the oh. day, it's one big excuse. What well, is this? I'm not, that. I wasn't why saying does, that why the United does, States didn't, should have qualified or, or, or 
or wasn't bad in not qualifying. I wasn't defending the United States. I'm defending the the fact that it is hard to play on the road in this region. I'll concede it's there's probably a difficulty. easier I'll for con- teams to come to the United States because they have the comforts. We're a it's, developed country. Right. With it's just the re- realities state. of right. It's the realities of what you face when you go down there. Now, I will you know like Justin like okay. Bottom line, okay, U.S. should have qualified. You you, yep. you can make you know. The, the, I will agree with you on this level, Tom. On at, at some point, yeah. it becomes excuses because. You know, you're playing that final game. All you need is a draw in Trinidad. You got to be able to do it. It's That's the you know, Trinidad team, we'll not even the A Trinidad right. team. And on There's top no of, excuses for that. On top of but that, too, you, know, you also th- these are guys that you're play- these are teams that you're playing consistently within your region, whether that be sure. through the domestic league or whether that be through international competition. There's no excuse for our country at this point, and not even just from uh, you know what we have from an amenity standpoint, from what, you know, the United States Soccer Federation has, just from the standpoint of pure athletes, it's mental toughness. This was a team, at the end of the day, when we go back to everything and we write the script on why the U.S. failed to qualify in 2018, it's all about mental toughness. If you're mentally tough, you're not losing in Trinidad and Tobago. If you're mentally tough, you don't have the nightmare that you did in Red Bull Arena against Costa Rica. This is a group that is soft, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say that they're soft. I, I think there's a lot of different things that occurred, and and everyone's gonna have different opinions on it. I don't think we should have lost in, uh, against Costa Rica at home. We should have at least gotten a point at home. Uh, Which is why I always played found the for the point in Trinidad. So- we shouldn't have set up the way we set up. Um, you know, the players were indifferent. There's a lot of infighting. Uh, you know, the, the Jeff Carzell article that came out this week it yep. goes into a lot of detail on it. There's a lot of different things that happened. There's things that happened on the administrative end that are completely unexcusable. The, the, the fact that they waited to fire Jurgen Klinsmann after the, until after the Costa Rica game, not before it, you know, the Costa Rica away game, that is. Uh, they should have probably fired him before that. They should have listened to their players. There was clearly... A, a divide between them, and that didn't solve that divide by implementing Bruce Arena because it just created a bigger v- divide. That that is a problem. There's a the, the way that we're structured in this country. The, it needs a complete and massive overhaul. And to lead us into this next discussion here about you know the new potential yeah. GM job who gets the uh you know the the job of picking this coach and and helping rebuild our 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 tattered team right now. That's a, a very important thing. You know, we have a lot of talent coming up. It could get ruined if it's not – if they're – great, Tom, I'll give you the point. Their mentality, sure, that's one thing. Coaching, not done well. Uh, training, uh, you know, logistics, moving these players around, calling in the right players, missing out on players that should be playing for the United States national team. There's so many issues. You know, one thing that came through in in the uh, the article you mentioned, this was, again, uh, you know, Jeff Carlisle's article uh, – uh, on ESPN.com, uh, the you know, the title of it you know, has the U.S. men's national team lost its fight, uh, and it it just comes through that there's still you know a lot of you, know, you get a lot of different takes here. People, some people you know think things were fine, some think they think they weren't. There are a, lot, a lot of players quoted, uh, coaches, you know, some people off the record, but it's clear that there was you know there there was some level of division and. And, you know, and that falls a lot on the coaches, whether it was Jurgen Klinsmann, whether it was Bruce Arena, 
you know, they needed to find a way to, you know, to get everyone on the same page. And it sounded like that was, that was a big problem. You know, it's, there, actually, I, I had missed the first time I read this that there was actually a, a, a quick quote from uh, from Fabian Johnson, and you know, and he indicated that uh, you know he, he thought that you know things were fine, uh, but then immediately after, there's a player quoted who calls out Fabian Johnson, uh, sorry, excuse me, former U.S. international. So we don't know if this was a you know player who was active at the time. We assume who not. it was. Um, yeah, but you know, but it's basically saying you know if you look at, F- at Fabian Johnson, he just you know looks like he wasn't really. I, I, I don't I don't want to misquote it, but basically you know the, the gist of it that you know that he wasn't really. I, I don't know. Was it? Uh, how would you how would you characterize it, Justin? That well, they just wasn't, I think I saw the guy. I didn't there. read the article, he but didn't, I'll he say didn't that. he didn't want to play the. Games here's on a, the road, essentially. Here's a, here's a quote. It says, yeah. you know, quote, a guy like Fabian Johnson in big games and qualifiers, at times, it just looked like he was going through the motions. And, you know, it, it, it's, it goes back to this, you know, this division. I don't know whether it's, uh, you know, between MLS-based players and European-based players or, you know, guys that were, you know, raised in Europe and guys that were raised here or wherever, you know, wherever the case may be. Um, it's, it's not, you know... It, uh, an issue that a lot of other national teams deal with, but it, it, it's, I think it kind of is underneath it all still. Um, I, you know, I, I, there's a Bruce arena quote in here as well, you know, talking about how, you know, what, what a great feeling it was coming off of the gold cup, you know, how they had, you know, a, a good group and then they get into, you know, sorry, good, good group of players. And then they get into the world cup qualification uh, a couple months later, uh, you know, saying that they brought in, uh, you know, five new guys that weren't front in the gold cup. And, Said, hey, you know those, you know these guys that came in, they really weren't weren't quite fit at the right time. And I looked at the rosters, you know, trying to figure out, well, who who came in that wasn't there? And it was primarily the the most prominent European based players. It was Fabian Johnson, Jeff Cameron, Bobby Wood, Christian Pulisic, and that these were like, you know, who who else could they be talking about? Because those were the the, the, the guys that came in. So it's it kind of, you know, it it it, it really kind of narrows down, you know. Who's you know who's Arena talking about here? You know who's who, who did who does he think was was to blame that wasn't into it? And that's and that's you know, I think that's really reflective of the of the people's perception of the way Bruce Arena you know ran, ran this team is that he wasn't particularly interested in you know and in getting certain players involved if he perceived that they you know weren't fit weren't motivated uh, and, it, and I think that's problematic too. Uh, it's just. I don't know. I think the question is, of course, where do you go from here? But it's it's just I think it's very telling that this, you know, that there's still a lot of this in the background. And maybe it doesn't matter because some of these guys aren't involved in the national team right now anymore. But still, it's it's a problem that's got to be solved. Yeah, I, 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 I think the the article was a bit alarming. Obviously, it's it's in the past at this point, And, you know, there's. Not much we can do about it, but move forward. And I hopefully, if you know Ernie Stewart gets this position, I think that might be a good fit for the GM position. We'll see. Uh, it's really this: who the next coach is is really going to set the tone. Obviously, we need to look long term with them. We need to say, okay, well, we need definitely need someone that's very good with dealing with you know younger players and kind of phasing out the older, the old guard, if you will. Uh, do we really need to be calling in some of these older guys in the next Gold Cup? Do, uh, is it that necessary? Can we win without them? Those are kind of the important pending questions, but to, the long term is get these guys on the same page, get these guys playing together for four years, and, and go from there. And 
you know, the, the administrative things, that's not something I really have an expertise on, but I'm hoping that it, they can figure it out. I hope that they accept that they have an issue and we go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it is it's such a weird time right now for, you know, for the, for the men's national team where, you know, we're now going, coming up on, you know, seven, eight months or so with, with an interim coach. Uh, and it's hard to really have a sense of what, I mean, I know this supposedly was the plan, you know, they, they wanted to wait until, till the summer, maybe till after the world cup to, you know, to well, have why a better selection, a better crop of coaching candidates. Uh, you know, I, I hope that there's a, a, a big plan that they've got, you know, choice a choice B and that they've talked to people and that there's, you know, and that there's something like a, a legitimate plan of action going forward. Um, but I don't know. We with you know with this GM role. I mean, maybe okay. In theory, I like the idea of of, uh, of Ernie Stewart in a position like that. But I'm still not convinced that that position is going to have any real authority. That I, you know, that's uh, it. It just seemed like it's it, that that has been a very poorly defined position. And yeah, they gave they got a list of things that they just seems like that you know. Not even having, I'm not, I, they said that as far as you know, hi, hiring and firing coaches, that that's got to be signed up by the board. Uh, you know, what, what's he going to be doing? Convincing, just kind of, kind of tracking players and convincing players to, you know, to play for the U.S. or not? And it's, I don't know. Meh. It's meh. I, 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 we don't need to do that anymore. We already, we yeah. have the talent. We need to just embrace what we have. If players from other organizations or, or nations want to play for us, then they can play for us. But I, I'm not going to beg people anymore. I mean, when it comes to U.S. Mexico, that's one thing because these kids can play for us, a lot of them, and it's, you know, it just make it appealing for them. That shouldn't be a coach's job. It should be U.S. soccer acknowledging that at a young age, finding these kids, identifying these kids, and, have you know, having a, a setup for them. You know, having a having – you know, 15-year-old wonder kids playing playing against, you know, grown men in the USL, not picking uh, a Mexico over something that happens when they're on the youth level. If he wants to play for your youth team, call him in. Fi- figure it out. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of – well, that that whole Alvarez, Alvarez, right, is his name over in, in LA. Efren Alvarez, the LA, yeah. LA Galaxy 2. That's, that's a player. prime example of U.S. soccer being inefficient at, at doing – the most important thing and that's growing the player pool well not the most important thing most important thing when it comes to the national team obviously growing the game around here is, is is very important to u.s soccer i don't think they're doing a good job of that either but this is something simple i mean it i believe some something occurred where this kid didn't get called into an, a youth national camp how are we not identifying how good this kid is he scored a, a, a bunch of goals and he's 15 years old and he's already a pro uh, I know it's the USL lever, but he's 15 years old playing against grown men. You know, call the kid into the camp, see what he can do. And now he wants to play for Mexico. It's an issue. Yeah, well, that, that actually leads to part of my what my concern was about the general manager role is that the GM has no control over the youth system. Uh, it's you, you would ex- I would expect that to be a major part of what you would want a general manager that. to do. That's um, well, I didn't know it, that at but, all. That's terrible. Well, it's well, it's. It's you know in the job description that has been listed, that's not included. It's uh, I guess the U.S. That's technical director. Then it's yeah, but it, it's but it leads you know to again like you know ambiguity. Like if if you're putting someone in you know allegedly in charge, and he's got no power, 
you know, what, how is, how is the coach even answerable to it? How do you even develop a system, uh, it, you know, and, and try to integrate players upward from the youth teams and the national team. If, if the, if the general manager is kind of powerless to, to affect that, um, the, yeah. the GM doesn't have authority to hire youth national team coaches. That seems like a problem to me. <laughs> Are you just burning money by hiring this guy? What is he actually going to do? If he has to get approved by the board, literally, what is he going to do? Because everything he this we we brought this up when we heard about this position that Cordero wanted to create. It can be done with other people that it's, it works better having. It's going to sound like a government argument, but less is better type of deal. You know what I mean? Like having so many people involved in U.S. soccer making decisions is obviously going to lead to conflict. Conflict is going to lead to to things like firing your coach and making it take too long. That's what happened back in last November uh, when when they were qualifying. I'm saying, what was it, 2016 when Klinsman got fired? November of 2016 or 2017? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's why it took so long to fire Klinsman because there was indifferences amongst U.S. soccer. I'm sure someone wanted to, was worried about, oh, well, we, we promised him this amount of money and then we're going to be on the hook for it if we fire this guy. Or, you know, someone was saying, oh, well, we definitely got to fire him. We got to get something done now. I'm sure there was people that really saw the problem and wanted to address it. But I'm sure there was just too many hurdles to climb within U.S. soccer. Creating this position is just another hurdle, potentially. Or it's a useless position because what are decisions really being made by this person? Probably not. It sounds like everything gets made by this board of that, that the GM has to report to. I, I want to be on that right. board. You know, it, like, put me on that board. Right. I want to make decisions. It makes yeah, it look like the GM positions are being implemented just as for, just for show. Like, hey, here's something new we're doing. Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll create these new positions, but we're not going to give them oh, any cares. real power. And it's it you know it, it it makes me really skeptical about the whole process, and 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 I'm not optimistic that, that things will, be, will change long term. I mean, I can get excited about. Young players still about exciting players playing in big leagues and getting involved with the national team. That's great, um, but if there's, it it just it, it makes me you know just very pessimistic for. I think you know, I it's know not going to change over the next over the next four years over the next eight I years. Think, I think the player pool bails out U.S. soccer, bails out Cordero. I have to. I think that's what, if it doesn't happen, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because I want these kids to be good. I want my team to be good. You know, I love the U.S. national team. It's my favorite soccer team in the world. It's my favorite team in the world. I, 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 you know, I live for these friendly games. Like, I live for everything about it. But do I want them to suck so that things can finally change in U.S. soccer? Because I thought that was what was going to happen in January when we had these elections. And I don't think it really did. I'm going to give Cordell the benefit of the doubt and see what he can do. But this GM position, I agree with you, Roderick. It seems like smoke and mirrors to me. So, uh, is it if we suck, then well maybe things will change. But if we're good, that bails out the poor leadership that we have in charge of U.S. soccer right now. And then this is going to happen down the road again eventually. It's like, well, do yeah. we want to just you know, do we want to put a bandaid on it or do we want to sew it up? That that's that's the difference. The, the most telling thing for me about the nature of this GM position it was the comments that Peter Vermees made. You know, he's he's a guy who had serious discussions with with U.S. soccer about taking this position, about what it was. And, you know, the, and Vermeer's takeaway from it, I mean, he didn't really go after U.S. soccer about it, but it just, his 
takeaway was that I, I don't really know what they're doing. I don't know what the plan is. I don't, you know, don't know what this position is going to be really. And, and, you know, and effectively he just said, thanks, but no, thanks. Uh, this doesn't really sound like anything I want to be a part of. And that tells you a lot, you know, because, you know, I, I Vermees actually might be a pretty good candidate for that, for type, that type of role. If he was re- given real power and he's, and he wants nothing to do with it. I don't want him, but well, I get I the about, point. I get what yeah. you're saying. Like, it, right. That's, that's, that's a, a thing any coach is going to want to have like we, as a GM maybe I don't know about it as a, tactically as a head coach but uh nonetheless we, it's, it's a it's a, a a talented coaching management figure in U.S. soccer who wants no part of, of of what they're doing because because of exactly that we joke about Zidane being the next U.S. national <laughs> team coach at the beginning of the broadcast but would he want to come into something like that where he you know he can't call the shots I mean any other fa in europe any right. serious fa i mean he comes right. in he's head honcho right. he runs he runs things you know right you're, you're gonna you're gonna tell the, ask him you know ask him for an interview and then tell him that he, he has no say over who coaches his his youth teams that's i don't insulting. think so that's I insulting so <laughs> should, yeah he should he should be running when you when you're the coach of the u.s national team and you you have a plan in place you should at least be able to control from u17 up from u17 up because those are players, you know, you get a generally a four-year run. Those are players you're going to tr- usually cross paths with in that four-year run. You know, there's a couple coaches that are out there that have had longer runs. We almost had Klinsman for two World Cups. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's a really risky. But I think that's fair. If U.S. soccer doesn't want to give him control of what happens at U15, U, U, U16, whatever, under that, no big deal. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think any coach is going to want to have to answer to so many different people um, uh, on that level. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, just to kind of shift it back to the, the actual games itself, um, do, you, do you think after these performances, this was first uh, the first loss of uh, Saracen's first loss, I believe, do you mm-hmm. think he has any shot? I, I don't want him to continue to be the coach just because he I, – I, Nice guy and all, but you're associated with Bruce, with Bruce Arena. You still have people on your bench that were staff members of Bruce Arena. Yeah. Like I saw Matt Reese there. Like don't don't think I didn't see him. You know, it's it's. I, I don't I would, want him. Yeah. I want a clean cut. I want someone very good. I you know I, I've heard names like Vermees. I've heard names like, yeah. um, you know even Saracen getting the nod. I want a you know. I, I think if Ernie Stewart gets in, I think Burhalter is probably going to be a real prime candidate for this. Um, I'd really yeah. love to see David Wagner, uh, Wagner, whatever, however the hell you pronounce Wagner, that name, Wagner, Wagner, Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and no, I don't want to see him. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see him at all. But yeah. I, you know, I, I, I would think he did yeah. well with Huddersfield Town, and, and he came took over the reins right. there with a, you know. Not it's it's hard it's easy sorry it's harder to do with a national team because you can't pick your players to an extent you can't say okay I want to recruit this guy and and pay him you know whatever money and take him from this other team you can't do that but he has a background in U.S. soccer I think he'd be a great candidate for he's young I think he does well with youth players uh, so that those are 
that's that's one person I see. Tata Martino, maybe. I don't think that was very plausible, but I think he's very comfortable where he is. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I like you know I like the candidates you're listing. I mean, as far as Sarah can, I, I would like to think not. I mean, I guess you know my my takeaway on that is that if if he was a serious candidate for the job, why wouldn't you have hired him by now? Like, why why continue the charade if uh, you know if if you don't have a clear candidate or group or, or or small group of candidates in mind that you seri- that you think are seriously interested in like that i mean that would to me just seems crazy that you would continue down this path if you know if the guys you're interested in are, are going to turn the job down so it uh you know why why leave things in limbo for you know for an extra six months if you don't have to i, I just I, I i feel like he's maybe you know at, at some part of him think you know would would love to be able to coach himself into the full-time job i i just can't see that being Seriously, in the cards, and I think if it is, we've got bigger problems because that's no, that's nothing changing either. Um, you know, I, I think you know that's probably a good list of candidates. I mean, I guess where what I'm curious about is, you know, we're, we're mentioning guys that are at this point, I I think would be available if they were interested. I mean, it, you know, if you were going to hire Tata Martino again, why did, why wasn't he hired four or five months ago? Because yeah. you know, that was that was off season of of, the, of MLS. I and, think I think they want to wait until after the World yeah. Cup. I think what they've done with this friendly schedule after the World Cup is going to be very good for this new coach to really yep. be tested. Because there's a lot of really tough matchups. I know they're all friendlies, but there's there's good opponents. There's no you know Poland's. There's no uh, South Africa's. There's no right. you know these are these are top teams that the U.S. is is scheduling granted most of it's probably money grab wise but um you know hopefully we, we see good rosters um we see Maybe. some you what know, you say i'll say you know and you know here's one you know i'm not you know breaking any new rumors here but you know maybe they're serious taking a serious uh look at osurio after after the world cup yeah uh, uh, i mean that's you never know it, you know i, I think be, it's certainly possible i don't think it would be the craziest thing in the world i think uh you know, going back to the friendlies again, just the yeah. the 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 Bolivia friendly. U.S. played pretty well. They, I I think, um, but kind of a weaker opponent to really test themselves. Yeah. But it was young young guys, so that's good. Um, I I liked having an actual left back out there. Um, you know, uh, Robinson's a pretty exciting player. I wanted to see him against Ireland. Didn't really get to mm. see him. Um, I think Robinson did well. The young forwards all did well. Pulisic looked a little tired, and I think USA, U.S. soccer made the right decision in um, not bringing him back over to Europe for these next yeah, two friendlies. Dude, dude needs a break. He needs a break. <laughs> um, he probably needs a mental break because he's had a rough yeah. year yeah. With, with Dortmund. So um, I, I just want to see you know a, a strong game against France. I It's going to be a tough test. I mean, you look at that France right. team. <sighs> They're right. good. Oh, yeah. they're good. They're World Cup I, contenders. I, I, I mean, I, I, I worry a little bit for these guys. But you were right. That the point the point you were making about uh, about this fall, and, and I know not all of it is officially official yet. Um, but we think that September is you know is, was going to be you know, games against Mexico and Brazil, both in the U.S. Uh, to, for October, uh, there was a report that there are friendlies lined up with Argentina and Colombia. Uh, I believe. Also, both here. Maybe I'm getting the order of these things wrong, but there was also a pair a pair of games uh, that were announced not by the U.S. yet, but by the 
two opponents, and that's uh, games in Europe against England and Italy. So you put all that together, I mean, it's you know that certainly is uh, you know quite a test for you know what whatever new coach ends up here, uh, and you know certainly an, an appealing group of friendlies to you know to, to figure things out against. Uh, but that, I mean, that's look if there's nothing to look forward to, I think you know that's that's kind of you know I, I guess once you get past, get past this World Cup. I, USA, I that, USA, Mexico, and New York yeah. looks pretty nice to me. I think I'm going to yeah. go to that game. I mean, I, I get, I get it, I get it. What we were talking about. The I, think, I think that's actually going to be in Nashville. I think it's the Brazil game that is. Oh, it's Brazil. New, yeah, oh, I, 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 I believe so. I thought it was. I thought that one was in New York. I thought I heard that on September 11th. I thought. I don't um, know. Maybe I should just I, go to I think, Nashville. I think, I think, I think Maybe we should all day. go to Nashville. Yeah. The date sounds right, but I, I believe the locations are is, uh, is the other way around. Or maybe we should go hang out with the the, <laughs> locker, the locker room DJ and Tom in Vegas because that that'd be fun too. Vegas is popular. Uh, Las Vegas lights are popular in Vegas. They got billboards all over uh, the good? strip. Yeah, listen, I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there. just you know, people are infatuated with the Vegas Golden Knights because they can claim them. I don't think the Raiders are going to be as successful as the Golden Knights. You know, I think it was a perfect storm for the Golden Knights. Unfortunately, you had the tragedy of um, of the shooting, you know, before the season started, and you had this, this Cinderella run right now, which it's – I think if the Vegas – if MLS re- recognizes the opportunity that they have currently in Vegas – I, th- I think it's a profitable market. I think people in Nevada are looking for, you know, a sports team. Hey, you, any way to diversify well, yeah. yourself. You know, they're looking, it's, they're going to expand. I, I, I'm telling you, by the time, by the time 20, I don't know, 10 years, I, I'm guaranteeing you in 10 years, we'll we'll have three or four sports teams out in, in Nevada and, and on the Vegas I don't trip. I, yeah, yeah. Especially I, now I that gambling's all. legal. Um, I would, I, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a, a market I have, a, you know, a lot of, personal experience with you know but i know it's you know it that is a city that's evolved a lot you know from you know sure i mean yeah it's it's still very much you know you know a city that depends on you know on entertainment and tourism but uh there's there's more to it now there's people that are you know a lot of people more people that uh you know grew up there that are from there that have pride in their city absolutely and you know and now this is really you know the first time they've had you know, a, a local team to call their own to root for. I mean, it, you know, it's been it's been a while since UNLV was uh, was was relevant in basketball. So uh, so yeah, I, I think I think they're onto something. And I think you know you you can criticize you know not to de- de- you know, go too deep in other sports here, but you you know you can criticize a lot about what Gary Bettman's done with the NHL. But uh, they they got Vegas right, and a lot yeah. of not a lot of people thought they thought they would. Uh, and so I'll that's probably get but, Seattle right too. Yeah, and but it certainly is is you know. Trans, you know, translating it to an MLS opportunity, I absolutely agree that, that that's and that's you know one thing that we've seen that where you know smaller to mid-sized markets have, uh, in MLS have, look at Austin. Have some of the most, some of the yeah, some of the oh, most well. Boy. <laughs> oh boy, you had to say it. From from that point of view, yeah, I, it it is because it's you know there's there's no other big professional team there. I mean, but you want to you can compare, you know the what they could theoretically be in Las Vegas to what you see in markets like Portland and Kansas city and salt Lake and Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Exactly. Where there isn't, there isn't a full plate of sports. People are hungry to have a team to, to root for and support that a team that's big league, a team that, you know, something that, that, that feels 
nationally important and relevant and and you know and that's well, some, where some of the most he, successful markets have been so i think it is a, a smart in, well we saw that with don garber's comments actually after the cincinnati team was awarded last week uh you know they asked okay well what comes next and you know we we heard we expected like we would hear some of the top candidates that got passed over like sacramento and detroit but he threw Las Vegas out there, had some conversations with people in Las Vegas out of nowhere. Las Vegas didn't submit a bid last time. And, you know, they, they just may find a way to push themselves to the top of the list. It depends. I think, listen, you're looking at right now. Because Cincinnati showed a willingness that they're invested. They have the city on board. Yeah. They have an ownership that cares. Yeah, the they, it, they, they've, they've created, they've created an image in the community. Sacramento, though. I don't know. But well, you you I think you want teams that have created an image in the community without needing that MLS rub. The fact that they're a team like, for example, Seattle was a success going into MLS because there was an established history there before they entered the it league. Helped a lot. Yeah, same thing with yeah. Portland. You know, they they you already had a foundation. About Sacramento though, Sacramento is is had twenty. I don't know about twenty thousand, but I think but uh, over ten thousand. How do you? It depends, on, it, it depends on Congress. how you look at. It depends yeah. on how you look at Sacramento as a city. You know, Cincinnati yeah. might be a better city to go to than Sacramento because you have multiple sports teams in Cincinnati. You know, you got one sports team in Sacramento and it's a flop, and everybody watches everything in L.A. So I mean, is it really soccer is a different yeah, sport? Man. You can say a, a flop, but they're the, the Kings do well in that market, and you know they've 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 got a you know kind of a stranglehold on on the on the sports dollar there. So that, but there's, there's opportunity. So, you know, I, I think any of those, I think I would, in fact, I would put Sacramento very much in the, in the category of that, you know, the list I was referring to. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, but you know, with, with Vegas, you're talking also much more of a, a market that fits kind of a geographic hole, you know, that they, they you know, would love to have another team in, in that Southwest region. Maybe, you know, I, I think Phoenix still is a very serious player, but um, both. you could, you, 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 I mean, I, I, the Latin American community in this country is massive in the Southwest. No, I mean that's that's who our part of the target demo is. Well, I think Vegas at the and, end- and Phoenix. I mean, those are those are natural spots, and you could say what you want about Austin. I mean, if they move there, they move there. But those as 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 for new teams, brand new teams, I think those are spots that really shouldn't be filled next just, they're, just they're covering says, the southeast now so just phoenix says is to me is if they get their act together at all and they i think they kind of do uh you're talking about you know a, a one of the largest markets that mls is not in and it's a it's a it's a huge geographic hole so if that if they're you know if, if things come together there there's no question that mls is is going to you know f- find a way to get that team in the fold but but the bigger picture is you could be we keep you know that you know, some people keep playing this game that MLS is going to stop at twenty-eight. They're not. not no. Maybe not right away. Maybe, yeah. not, but uh, at the end of I, the day, I, this I, is going to be a forty-team league. Maybe. Well, I mean, I mean USL will be at forty teams next year. Uh, USL will be at a hundred teams in like three years. <laughs> it's, you know, it comes down to this: if you ha- if you continue to have, you know, rich owners that coming into desirable markets, willing to spend, willing to build a stadium, you know, getting getting those kind of deals done. Is, is, is MLS going to say no? We're done. No thanks. Keep your money. No, <laughs> of course they're not. So you know, it, it made you know, I may be talking more about a ten-year plan here, but I, I'd be I'd be stunned if you know ten years from now MLS isn't at thirty-two teams or more. I would expect them to be more than thirty-two teams because I think people not in ten years though. 
In ten, 10 years. Yeah, well, what are we out? 24? What are we out? 24 right now? This. You guys can't rush this. You can't rush it. It's got to be organic. It's got to be organic. Well, I, 10 years from now, when the World Cup is, is already happened here, we hopefully get another boost from that. 10 te- or, or what are we at? 22. What are we at? Right, announced now. 23, 22? Tw- well, 26. Yeah. 26. Well, because you're planning. Yeah. So well, no, no, I mean, I mean, as far as like this season, we've got 23 playing on the field currently. So you got three. Cincinnati next year and then Miami Nashville uh, in 2020 gets to the 26. Okay. So, but you know, but they're already, already but they already announced that they're going to go to 28. Maybe and that's maybe so, more than that. But I, you know, 40, I, I, I put that number out there because just looking at, you know, among the candidates we're aware of that are, you know, that are serious and look like, you know, they could, you know, pull something together. That you know, but then beyond that, you get to a point where okay, now you're, you know, reaching a little bit. So it may take time, but uh, but but still, that, that's you know, then you get into okay, well, eventually, where does the league go? Uh, you know, do, does the league promotion into, relegation? Well, it, what, you know, is it more of as far as scheduling, things start to get more I think interesting scheduling or trickier. You get more, when, I think scheduling you go to a more regional schedule. Here's how I envision: it. if we're going to go in, in my in my Head, if we're going to go to this 40-team schedule, what you're going to end up having is you, to break up each team into regions. So, like, if you look at the U, the way USLPDL set up, you know, the, when the Boston Rams were existed, they were in, like, the East region where you had Ottawa and Montreal and Connecticut and Seacoast and all those teams. And, and it broke down like that. And I think, you know, you would have your Northeast region. You had your Mid-Atlantic region. You have your Southeast region. Um, I don't know. Maybe Mid-Atlantic and Southeast t- kind of ties in together. Then you have... With Nashville coming in, you know, you start thinking about, okay, are we going to have a Gulf Coast team coming in here eventually? Well, that's going to be your central division um, or maybe. (laughs) Well, I mean, even just as far as USL today, I mean, that's already what you have is there's they're actually with, you know, there's going to be 40, you know, 39, 40 teams next year in USL. And already, even, you know, even with fewer teams, you've got exclusive you know, east, east versus east and west. There's no, there's no interplay in the regular uh, season. I, I think not a lot of people are aware of that. But there's, they don't. Those east and west don't play each other at all in the regular season in the USL. Guys, and maybe that's kind of a, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now. It, it's not me being crazy. I'm not one of these mm-hmm. pro rel truther guys or whatever. But that would make finally start to make sense if we had 40 teams that maybe we could split the league into two, two different leagues and have a promotion relegation system. Maybe even include the USL in that. Maybe not include the USL in that. But you can finally start to see it being feasible when that because if we had forty teams, soccer would need to be a lot more popular in this country in order to sustain and, that. And, and really, I, I think that's yeah. I think that's what instead of a regional league, I don't mind that either, Tom. But I don't like it as much as I would like some sort of pro rel system. In a perfect world, I would like a pro rel system. I'm. Not supporting it right now because it's not feasible right now. It's people that I'm not going to get into that because we're just going to get attacked. Uh, but down the road, I think that that is that is a possibility. From a realistic point of view, I think that's the only way you're going to get MLS owners to you know to to be on board with it because it's got it's you know I there are, you know certainly a passionate contingent of people that are that are completely against any idea of a closed system. But I think that's you know t- in order to get. MLS owners are on board with it. You have to have some kind of structure that's going to assure the financial health of teams. You know, that you know something that doesn't, uh, you know, threaten that you're going to tumble out 
completely, you know, where, you know, where the, the second division is so much lower and completely separate. It, there's going to be, there's got to be some kind of uh, happy medium where, you know, you can, you can have implemented interesting structure like that without worrying that, you know, that, that a team is going to go bankrupt if they, if they go down. You know? And so it's, uh, and I, and I think, and that's, that is a big problem in, in other, in other countries. And it's maybe people like it that way. I, I think it, it perpetuates, uh, you know, an elite group of teams that, and, and no, no, and smaller teams, you know, don't, don't have a chance to compete, but that's getting a little bit further down. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, 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 we're looking way ahead now. And yeah, right now we need to be focused on, on the here and now we need to be focused on, on getting the league, right. Get, you know, continuing to have, uh, you know, success foreign players have me coming in being successful. Our national team getting better, not you know, not worrying about missing next World Cup, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think MLS and and U.S. soccer are two separate entities. Carlos Cordero is not focusing oh, on MLS. I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that for one second. If, I don't believe but, that okay, for one but second. If we want I a team it's that's all gonna win a World together. Cup, it, it is. If we want a team that's going to win a World Cup, we need a federation to focus strictly on the federation. At the end of the day, that, that, that MLS is focusing is, on the federation. How is that not fe- focusing on the federation? Because the federation should focus more on youth development, everything we're talking about. But that's but, where it, you develop your youth is through the ML, through MLS, through the USL, through these these Younger players. I'm just saying I wouldn't on, rely. I'm not just, going I, to college. I'm just that, saying I, that's honestly a huge problem. I'm I'm just saying I wouldn't rely as for U.S. soccer to be a you know this big olive branch for MLS. MLS has to do their part. You know they have to put more money needs to be put into the into the academies. There there needs to be more of a investment yeah. from from a but major US league soccer, soccer standpoint. Where hand. we sure, but you know this is part of the change that we're talking about. Uh, I don't see much change happening. That's my problem. I, I, I well, think we're also US at the we're also at the back end of a world it. we're also at the back end of a World Cup cycle. It goes back to the question I asked earlier: Why would you want to do anything? Why would you want to? And I, I kind of get it now. Why would you? If you're Carlos Cordero, why would you want to make any significant move that's going to you know be your long term plan when you you're at the back end of a World Cup when so much could change? You could, you know, the good thing is being an American country, we have a lot of money at our disposal. So money speaks. So a lot of these guys that are going to be available after the World Cup is over, you want to be, you want to get the best bang for your buck. Because right now, this guy, whoever comes in next is the guy for the next four years. None of this crap that we went through with, I mean, listen, Jurgen was a guy for for four years. Exactly. But but I don't think it's it's going to end up being being any of the American coaches that you guys mentioned. I'm, I just, right. I, I, if I'm, if I'm, listen, if I am Carlos Cordero, my pitch is to Yakim Love. Go big. Go after the, the best coach internationally in the world. Okay. I'll take him. I, I'm going to go with that. But I, you know, tied up with all this, you, you asked a question about, you know, Cordero coming in and, you know, and you know, why would he do anything, you know, to, to, uh, at this point, you know, to, to kind of shake things up. We can't forget, you know, the 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 elephant in the room here is that it was a, is the 2026 bid. You know, the U.S. soccer is trying to steer that home before you know really dealing with anything else. You know, is is that's I mean, that, that's that's kind of topic one A, and that you know that uh, you know with 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 Sunil not steering that, you know, that's I think you know that's Cordero's priority one right now he, he, he may you know he may not be you know front and center about it but that's <laughs> that that's top priority internally for u.s soccer right now is to make sure that that happens well i think it'll be very interesting <laughs> to see how 
it plays out. Because oh, that bids, I think they're oh, voting we'll find on out that. Soon. Yeah, they're voting on that within the next two weeks, right? Yeah, for the World Cup. Yeah, so I, I mean, believe it's the 14th, I want to say. Yeah, so after our next show. Okay, all right, can I ask a question without it turning into a vicious uh, pulling our heads off Rick and Morty situation? Probably not, but try Now you're watching Rick and Morty. I love it. I am I so it. invested to Rick and Morty. It's probably the best cartoon that's come out within the last 15 years. Ever since yep. Well, you'll be happy to hear what they announced that they're going to do another 70 eight, new shows. eight seasons. Or seven, yeah, something, something crazy. So, like, yeah, like another 90 episodes. So, buckle up. <laughs> there is a show. Oh, what's, your, what's your question? There is a big dog and pony show that comes with number 45. I believe that the U.S. Oh, has been God. working on this bid for a long time, a long time, going back to the Obama administration. With the dog and pony the show that comes hey. at what happens on Twitter every day, do you think anybody in Switzerland is taking him seriously? And seriously, it, period. When it when it comes to any type when it comes to when it comes so then so does it really matter that because a lot of people freaked out when Trump went out there and started you know making it look like he was pressuring FIFA into giving the U.S. the World Cup. I think um, it doesn't matter either way. The only thing he can do is lose us the World Cup by saying something stupid. Is, is him him trying to to impact people or? sway people into voting for us it's really not going to make a difference i've explained a, that it's that it's envelopes passing hands that right, get the votes right for the you mean for the world cup right justin you mean on a voting level right just because you know yeah. you've got 207 countries voting i mean i don't you know fifa as an as an entity i don't think they i think they could care less what he's what he says yeah but when you're talking about individual members voting i think it can yeah i absolutely think it could play a part where, I mean, but you've got this built-in you know, sentiment anyways, where, you know, the, the money, you, likely you've got the entire, you know, federations of, of Africa and Asia for the most part that would, that are going to, that are inclined to vote for a Morocco bid anyways, because it, you know, it, 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 it favors them. So it's exactly, uh, but uh, look, I, 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 but that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump as our right. president. No, I, listen, it has it was, to, that has to do it, with confederations was, voting for confederations, and in a perfect world, that would happen. In our confederation, we have some of the most corrupt FA members known to man that are clearly getting paid off by somebody. And they I, get paid off. That's how this happens. And I know I this. Hate to, I hate to break it to everyone. And I know this, and I just, I really just wanted to bring it up because of the way that it, it, it drives people crazy, and um, you know. Whatever. I'm, it's I, not, I, a, you know, he's not making us look amazing, but c compared to other, they, they're having a World Cup in Qatar, for Christ's sake. Like, there's nothing Donald Trump can do that's going to, well, there is, but it, it, nothing he will do right now is going to impact it, right? I just yes. think from a financial I'll, say, I'll say this. I, 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 don't, I yeah. don't think it helps. <laughs> put, put it that it, way. I don't think it hurts well, that much. Nothing he tweets I helps. helps. I, I don't think it's going to gain us any votes. I, I, I think it's all yeah, people are going to vote. They decided who they're going to vote for long ago. That process has already been in place. Hopefully for U.S. soccer's sake, I know this is telling them to be kind of corrupt, but hopefully we're playing the game, if you will. And because I don't think we played the game when the mm. voting came around for the 20. 22 World Cup. I don't think we played the game well, well, and we needed to. If you're FIFA, just looking at it logistically, three countries that you'd be playing in, you know, over the span of two different continents. Um, 
It's, I think it's it's a really appealing proposition to do something that's and, and so unique. Now, I know that logistically, Justin's not crazy about it, the way that it could line up and, you know, what is proposed on how things would be playing on the first day in Blase Blah, and when we get to that road, we'll get there. I just think, you know, how many times can you have something that's that would work so perfectly, that lines up very perfectly? I mean, listen, again, Morocco is a, it's a great choice, but I think you can go to Morocco in 2030. Hopefully. Well, I mean, you, know, you look you look at the you know the ratings of the of the two bids that just came out, and you know on, on paper and logically it makes all the sense in the world that the, that the that 2026 should be here. That's what FIFA wants. That that's will make FIFA the most money. Um, but that's you know what we what we saw you know the the ratings for the you know Russia and Qatar bids were also r- lowest rated, and so naturally, sure, why wouldn't uh, why wouldn't we expect the, the the same thing to happen here? It's Round it's, it's cynical. Money, it's cynical. Friend. So Round envelopes uh, full of money. logic logic doesn't 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 solve who gets World Cups. Nope. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. Anything else, boys? I think uh, think next week we should talk about um, just the World Cup in itself, like just what we're excited to see because uh, it's coming. I'm excited. I'm, I'm getting excited. I'll be more excited next week. Looking yeah, forward to games. A couple of friendlies. Another U.S. friendly to talk about next week, and hopefully it is not a <laughs> 6 nothing defeat. That's what I'm predicting <laughs> right now. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun to see how that plays out. All right, we'll monitor all of those things for you guys, and there will be something that you guys will never know that just happened. That's probably one of the funniest moments in the show's history. But anyways, <laughs> we're just going to acknowledge it and let you think about what might have happened. Uh, let us know what you might think have happened. Tweet at us, at Rod McNeil, at New American Game, at Justin Teenag. Sean Donahue is on vacation this week, and he will maybe be back next week. I know um, he's not with uh, the Revolution Recap guys who are doing a show on Sunday night, so give them a follow if you're a fan of the New England Revolution. Uh, at Sean L. Donahue, at the LX94 for David Wilder. Did I give you Twitter, Justin? Yeah, I gave you Twitter. Yep. Uh, yep. At, at Tommy Quinlan, Ivy for me. And we are out of here, and we are back next week, and we look forward to catching up with you again. New American Game. We're out. Peace.